0: Hello everyone this is state hornet managing editor magala munoz with my reboot show breaking down the walls this episode of celebrating women's history month by talking to women in male-dominated careers and how they navigate their fields okay hello everyone um i am here with cbs sports anchor sarah hodges uh sarah say hello hi guys And today I asked her to be here to talk about what it's like to be in sports uh, media and it's such a male dominated field. So I'm really curious about the experience because I've worked with very little uh, sports like people in or like women in sports. Um, I mainly just work with men in sports. So I'm really curious to hear your experience. Um, Can you tell our audience a little bit about how you got started? why sports and just kind of like where you're at right now?
1: Yeah. So I started this career like in college, like after general ed. And, you know, when I was growing up, I wasn't like, oh, when I go up, I want to be a sports reporter. Like I had no idea. Like I played sports. I grew up with brothers. And so, you know, we just always talk sports. We're always like very competitive. And um. So I thought like maybe one day I'd be like a coach, like coach basketball in like high school or middle school or something like that. And it's so insane like the way God works because like I was, I like hurt my knee snowboarding. I was visiting my mom and I was on a flight home and my flight was delayed and I'm just sitting there and some gentleman comes up and asks me, oh, what happened to your leg? And then we just got to talking and he was like, so what are you going to do with your life? And... I was like, I don't know, like I think maybe be a coach, something with sports, like I love sports and I'm competitive and that's just pretty much what makes me happy. And he was like, you should be a sports broadcaster, like literally, and it just like a light bulb went off. I was like, oh my gosh, like that's it. Like that's what I should, that's what I should be. Like I love to talk. I love people. And so that was that pretty much. And then from there, I just, I, I was, I had already started my general ed, so I just, And I was going to a junior college at the time. So I found a school with a good journalism program at Cal State Fullerton, um, which is in my own hometown. I did that. I interned at the CBS in L.A. I got my first job in Dothan, Alabama. I grinded um, from there, went to Mississippi from Mississippi, went to Huntsville, Alabama, and then got the job here in Sacramento after that.
0: Mm -hmm. So you had a a pretty
1: quick career getting into getting into sports then. (laughs) Yeah, and it's, like, one of those things where you just, you know, to get into this industry, you kind of have to be okay with, like, leaving home, being uncomfortable, like, meeting new people and putting yourself out there. And, um, you know, I was comfortable with that, and I did it. And I was away for, like, 10 years before getting the job here in Sacramento. I'm from Southern California, so close enough, an hour flight now from home, so. Mm -hmm.
0: So what was that like being in Alabama? What was the experience kind of covering sports there? And like, what did you gain from that experience?
1: You know, I really liked Alabama and I really loved Mississippi too. Um, It's kind of somewhere where I'll probably never live again in my life. And I knew that at the time. So I really just wanted to take it all in and just the lifestyle and the Southern hospitality and I lived in very small towns. Like when I lived in Mississippi, there wasn't even a Starbucks in the town I lived in. And I love Starbucks so much. I I know I found like a little local coffee shop. Um, Delta grind was the name of it. Um, and I fell in love with that place and became a regular there and they would have like little salads and breakfast stuff. And, um, but it's so funny because in these small towns, like they make up their own hours, like here, like Except, like, now during the pandemic, things are different. Like, places are closed randomly. But obviously before that, like, mm-hmm. California is, like, about their money. And if a business is going to – says that they're going to be open, they're open. Like, somebody's there. But in Mississippi, they're like, oh, we left for two hours for a break. Like, had to run, like, my daughter somewhere. And I would be, like, getting at the door ready for my coffee. Like, what the – like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> why are they closed? And so I had to learn to kind of just, like, slow down and take life – for what it is and people, you know, it's not about just money for everybody, you know, it's Mm -hmm. about just enjoying life and um, being there for the people that they love. And so I learned that um, my experience is there. I, as like a broadcaster, I feel like in Mississippi is like really where I learned that I could really do this and be good at it. And I learned that from just having the support from my bosses there to just be myself, Um, At my first job, I didn't really get that support of, like, being myself. I think, like, just being from California, like, just add, like, a different swag to me. Like, I'm very, just, like, mellow and, like, nothing's a big deal to me. Like, I'm just, like, that type of person. Like, I'm internalized things just very, like, with, like, a calm demeanor. And Mm -hmm. I think at my first job, like, my bosses didn't really know how to take that. And I was still learning, you know, too. And, um... I kind of, like, I didn't question, like, my abilities because I was always confident in what I was going to do and what I wanted to do, and I knew what the goal was, and I was trying to execute. But I wasn't getting their approval to, like, be myself. It was, like, constantly I almost felt like they wanted me to be something that I wasn't. So when I left Mm -hmm. that job and went to Mississippi and I got my job there and I did all these fun segments um, and – I did like a, oh snap play of the week and it would like, you know, I played like hip hop music underneath it and just like got to like have like a really good time, bring guests on the show. Cause I, it was the first time that I like hosted like my 30 minute show by myself. So I got to be a little bit creative, but it was Mm -hmm. a grind, you know, you produce, you edit on your own, you, you anchor and, um, to produce 30 minutes like that on your own. Like obviously you're reusing a lot of stuff that you did like in the week earlier than that, like earlier in the week. But, um, it taught me a lot. Like I can pretty much do anything in this business because of where I started, you know, I can shoot, I can edit, I can produce, I can write. I probably, I feel like sports departments in general usually know how to do more than anybody else because we're pretty much all we have like we don't have like a whole team around us to help us like we're very self-sufficient so I learned mm-hmm. to do all of that and um create stories and interview people and learn how to get um creative with telling people's stories and also understanding accents it's a big like it like the accents are so thick in Mississippi it's just so funny but Anyways, you just—it's like a dialogue of itself. It really is. You just meet different people. You learn about different like cultures and backgrounds, and you appreciate people and you appreciate yourself and where you're from a little bit more because, you know, you learn what you like about other cultures and people and what you like about your own, and you know, I've kind of taken a little bit of you know the South back with me in some ways, you know, so. Was there
0: any pushback to you kind of starting in sports or was there like a, did you feel like people were trying to push you into like being like a, like a host or like, well, I guess you're in broadcast now, but was there any kind of like box that you felt like you had to like fit into in order to be in sports media?
1: Not really. Like, I think more or less when people like my own friends like found out that I was going to do this and you not know, I had a pretty comfortable life. Um, down South, I've been with my fiance now for 19 years. So like, I was like in a, serious relationship and the fact that I was just like willing to like up and leave and just go after what I wanted like it surprised a lot of people like they I know I remember people like oh you'll be back in like five months you know and then 10 years later like I'm still in the south just like grinding trying to get home because at that point like I just I went all in you know it was what I wanted to do and I was motivated by the fact that like I didn't want to fail you know I was motivated Mm -hmm. that I wanted to get everything that I wanted in life and that I pictured for myself and I was going to go after it and I wasn't going to stop until I did. And it's obviously still not over. Like I'm still not exactly where I want to be in doing what I want. Like I obviously love where I am, but I think that we all know that, um, we want like new challenges for ourselves in order to grow, you know? And so, you know, whether that's, we do something else here at CBS 13 or do it somewhere else or whatever it may be. Um, I think that we always want more for ourselves. At least I do, you know? So it's a journey that is um, still in progress for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. You mentioned um, self-sufficiency in sports and I definitely see it working with like our sports team now on the state Hornet. Like they're just kind of always having to think of new ideas to like make sure it's not the same old recap. And even their recaps, like just written ones are like some of the best I've ever seen but like I didn't start like liking sports until I started talking to them so it's like so different to like have to like start thinking of new ideas for them to do or like helping them out you know how to do interviews and doing videos and like they just do everything on their own and they take it as it comes and it's such a like changing field that you really just have to start like adapting to um everything that's coming at them you know like now they have to do social media and like live tweets and sideline reporting on Instagram and it's like it's a grind that I can respect so much more now than I think I did like a year ago because I see how Mm -hmm. much work they put into it so I can just imagine like what it must be at like a professional level having to do all of that
1: yeah you just have to like just control what you can control and accept what you can't and not be hard on yourself you know there's going to be people that get stories that you didn't get Um, and yeah, like it's annoying, but at the same time, like you respect other people's hustles and grind and you respect that, like, well, they got it and you didn't. And so what are you going to do about it? You know? And I just think like being true to yourself and being yourself is just so important in this business because I feel like viewers at home are people can kind of tell if you're yourself or if you're fake, right? Like if you're trying to be somebody you're not and, um, once you're yourself, you can just have more fun, too.
0: hmm And who do you draw inspiration from in order to, like, kind of help you in your career?
1: You know, like, I get this question so much, and it's, like... I know, like, typically, like, people have somebody that they want to be like or that, and I just, like, really don't have that, um... I'm inspired, like pretty, like by everybody and their own stories. Like everybody has their own journey, you know. And so I'm, it's I'm inspired by everybody's journey and the fact that this business is forever changing and people manage to get where they're going in completely different ways than other people. But I would say, like, if I were to pick, you know, a favorite sports broadcaster, like female that I would say that I look up to um, right now, it would probably be Laura Rutledge. Um, I just, I feel like she is completely herself. She's very humble, sweet. She's a good person. I love to see good people win. I think that's so important. And, um, she's probably, like, the top for me. Like, obviously, like, Pam Oliver, growing up, watching her do her thing was really cool because I felt she was, like, really good at, like, reporting and bringing you into what was going out on the field, making you feel like almost you're there and being creative and doing that. Um... And then I'm inspired by the people that I work next to every day, you know, um, that I get to get creative with and and learn from, but I wouldn't say like I've won, I'm the most motivated by failure. Like I'm so not like afraid to fail, but like, to me, it's just not an option that I'm motivated by that. I'm motivated to get everything that I want out of life that I feel like. I deserve and that I want and that's what I'm motivated by not by a person
0: that's really cool though actually that you have that mentality and that it's like you know what if I fall down I'm gonna get right back up and just keep going or changing what you did to like get to that point I really like that
1: thanks probably my mom had something to do with it she was a, she was yeah. a tough cookie let me tell you
0: yeah that's typically where it comes from right and then just being in sports like what is your favorite sport to cover and then like what's your least favorite sport
1: I would say, like, basketball and football is my favorite. Like, I know basketball best, so it's probably the easiest for me to cover. Um, football is just fun because I, like, like football players to me are just more fun. Like, I feel like basketball players are a little bit more serious. They're, there's less of them. Um, and, like, football players, you go into a football locker room, like, everybody's having fun, talking mess. Like, you can talk mess with them, and it's... And you can in basketball, too, but... I don't know. It's just different. Like, I like both for different reasons. My least favorite—I don't really know, because I don't really feel like I have a least favorite sport. If I feel like it's my least favorite, it's probably because I don't know enough, and that bothers me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know as much as I know about basketball or football, about tennis, for instance. So, um, I probably would be more reluctant to cover like tennis something because of that but not because I don't like it just because like I don't know as much as I know about the rest you know so it's but still mm-hmm. a challenge which which is fun like I'm up for the challenge but like the other sports are just easier for me
0: Mm-hmm. and why sports media I mean you could have like gotten to writing or something else but why do like the anchor and like that kind of um road
1: First of all, I'm not the best writer, like, I'm just gonna admit that, like, my, I feel like, and this is, like, no shot at my parents, but they, like, moved me around a lot when I was a kid, and so, like, every school, we would be learning a different subject every time I would, like, move schools, and I just never felt like I got, like, a proper education from, like, kindergarten until sixth grade. I was, like, always moving around, and so, like, I'm... Not saying that it affected me, but, like, I just feel like I wasn't, like, as good as, like, math and grammar and all that. And so growing up, I always shied away from, like, having to write things. I always felt like I was a better communicator by speaking. And Mm -hmm. I was a really good speaker. And so I always, like, when I decided to do sports broadcasting, it just made sense because I can talk. And Mm -hmm. I love people, and I think people open up to me easy because I genuinely care about people. Um, And so I think that's what made me kind of decide to, to get into, like, broadcast journalism over anything else because sitting there writing, like, I would get writer's block. Like, I already have a tough time writing my shows as it is. Like, I can say it all day, but, like, trying to get it out on paper or on the computer is different than mm-hmm. if I were just having a conversation. And that's why I like my 30 minute shows because we don't have to stick to a script. I can go off, I can talk back and forth, you know, about whatever we're talking about without having a script, you know, and just be able to be loose and have fun with it.
0: So since you do have this show, you are able to be a little more um, like open with your guests and being able to like talk more. What's like your favorite memory from that? Like what? Like, whether it's an interview or someone that you were able to talk to, like, what's your favorite memory from being able to do that stuff?
1: I just think, like, each and every week we do this um, segment, like, Are You With It?, with um, whoever's on our show, but we have uh, Damian Barley and Kenny Caraway of ESPN 1320 on a lot, and we just, like, have so much fun together talking, um, and it's, like, we basically make a statement, and then it's, oh, for show" or ain't no way. So... The Kings are gonna make the playoffs this season and in this fifteen year drought. Are you with it? Oh for show sure? or ain't no way. And then they'll be like, oh for show, sure. like da, da da and then we get to talking about it or ain't no way and then we laugh and talk about like why, you know, just and I think just having things like that makes it so much fun because you never know what anybody's gonna say. And, you know, we talk about all kinds of stuff like Urban Meyer, you know, out at the bar, you know, with this random girl dancing on his lap when he's married. And then, you know, we'll just talk mess and make light of it and just have fun, you know. And everybody's thinking it, you know. Everybody's probably, hopefully, laughing along and, like, you know, saying their piece at the TV, too. And um, I would say, like, that's probably my favorite part. Like, I mean, I can't, I mean, yeah, like, covering the Raiders in Oakland in their final year there, obviously, like was huge for me because I grew up a Raiders fan my whole life. And so being able to be on the field and call that last game for CBS 13, like that was just insane, you know, Um, things like that. But I couldn't, I really can't just say like, oh, this one thing I did, you know, is it. It's just, Mm -hmm. and watching myself grow, like has been so much fun, you know, before I used to just be like nervous, like sitting there with like, having to fill time without, like, a script or, or prompter to read. But now I can make anything happen with dead time just from experience and doing this on my own now. Like, we had a, our sports team was a three-man sports team. Then it went down to two, and now it's down to just me. Um, mm-hmm. and so I'm basically manning the ship, and I think it's fun to, like, watch myself grow and to get to know people in the community also is, like, huge. Like, I love that. I love that. I love telling people's stories here, people here from Sacramento who've overcome adversity. That stuff's fun to me. Like, I'm an underdog type of person. Um, My mom was born in Argentina and, like, just instilled this, like, insane, like, work ethic in me. And, you know, my dad grew up really poor. And so I love the underdog stories and just overcoming the adversity stories because, you know, I watch my parents and, you know, even somewhat myself, like my mom obviously put me in a great position, putting me, raising me in a really good area, um, you know, teaching me things, you know, to obviously give me the opportunity that I have. But, um, you know, I watch them suffer a lot and I like that people get overcome that and get through that because I think that that's a lot of people, right? Like it's mo- mm-hmm. the majority of people are like that. It's the little percentage of people who have everything handed to them and their parents, you know, are millionaires, right? Like, like, so mm-hmm. it's, it's cool to see, uh, see it happen the other way around.
0: Mm-hmm. So then if you're a rooter for the underdog, what's like your favorite underdog, whether it's like in sports or like, cause I know like the King's I'm a Kings fan. I know they suck, but like, I'm always going to root for them and I'm always going to like hope that they're going to do better. But what's like your favorite underdog to like support, even though, you know, people don't like see that your full story through it.
1: I just love, like, I wouldn't say like, you know, one specific underdog, but like pretty much like I have a specific underdog story. um, That I can give you. So when I went to, when I moved to Alabama, my very first job, I covered Alabama and Auburn. And those are two big rivalries in Alabama, obviously the top dog, Auburn up and coming. This was 2013 when I got my first job. And because I Mm -hmm. felt like my bosses didn't think I was good enough, they always sent me to Auburn games. Like always, like I would always, I I was the underdog covering the underdog, right? And Mm -hmm. they ended up beating Alabama in the Iron Bowl, going to the national championship. And because like they were my beat all season, I ended up going and getting to cover all these fun things. And I felt like Mm -hmm. so connected with Auburn during that time because of what I was going through in my career and like what I felt like my bosses were kind of putting me through. And I felt almost like a connection. Like we're going through this together, you know, like Auburn's surprising everybody, you know, beating Georgia, beating Alabama, um, You know, going to a national championship, playing FSU, they lost. But just the road getting there was just such a magical year. And that was the first year ever of me being um, a sports broadcaster. And I felt like it was a magical year for me because even though it wasn't perfect where I was, I was almost like riding along with their magic, like side by side each and every week because I was covering Auburn games, you know, every Saturday. So I was out there, Mm -hmm. you know, doing my thing. Being able to tell this um, underdog story each and every
0: week—that's really cool that you got to see that like up and coming uh, team, I guess win. Yeah, because I know I think football is like the one that the least that I know about, especially in college. But I know like whenever my friends talk about it or when I hear it through like my cousins, I'm like, oh yeah, those teams are like at least the Southern schools are really big in football, so I can oh, yeah. trust that there's. Like... It just
1: means more, SEC baby, yeah,
0: it's fun. <laughs> um and this is going to be going up uh the first week of women's history month um what does it mean to you to be a woman in this field um being so male dominated and what advice do you give to women kind of pursuing careers that um, they typically wouldn't
1: i think like people are starting i think for so long they're like oh if you didn't play the sport you don't know and then as you know, we learn more about all these people covering sports, you realize that most of these males that are even in the industry really never played sports either. Or they played in high school, you know, like, who cares? Like, that was so long ago. Like, Mm -hmm. you didn't even play on the biggest level, you know? So I think once I started seeing it in that perspective, like, also, like, I will say this too, like, something that I learned growing up. But on the first note, I think you just realize that, well, not everybody played sports, you know, and if you're, if you played any competitive sport, you can much, you can pretty much jive and understand how all sports go for the most part. You know, you understand the feeling, the anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, the competitiveness. Um, and I never really had, what's really funny is like, I never had like issues with coaches or other people with covering sports that made me feel like I didn't deserve to be here. I just like really don't have that kind of story. And I have a lot of people ask me and I just have really have gotten such great support throughout my career from other people now and saying that some of the people that I've worked directly with have been the biggest haters, like my coworkers, Mm -hmm. you know, have been more of the ones that made me feel uneasy or made me feel, or like I should feel like I wasn't good enough, but I never felt that way. I always felt that I was good enough. And I think a lot of that had to do with just a lot, like the way my parents raised me and, my parents divorced when I was really young, and I ended up, my mom got remarried, and I, so I ended up having two dads. I have three brothers. I never, they never once made me feel or told me that I wasn't good enough. They always encouraged me, always had my back, um, always told me that I was beautiful, always told me I was good enough, and I think that it, you know, parents really um, need to step up and be that for their kids, because I think that played a huge role in my confidence, you know, in living out my career so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think my advice to, if, if you love what you're doing, just do what you do. And like, people are going to hate on you regardless. Like, that's just going to happen, you know? You wear something skimpy, they don't like it. You cover up, they don't like it. Like, you are never going to please everybody. You know, they don't like the way that you talk. They don't like the way that you say this or that. But at the end of the day, if you're you, and you're staying true to who you are, then it is what it is because mm-hmm. you are not going to please everybody. And a lot of people get caught up in being a people pleaser. And look, I love to please people too because I love when people are happy. But at the end of the day, I have to please myself and be happy with what I'm doing, you know, mm-hmm. and me being happy with what I'm doing is being myself. So I, uh, that, that's the advice I would give. And like, You know, you just can't take things seriously. Normally when people are saying rude things to you or hating on you, it's because they have insecurities of their own. And it's, they're not happy. And I'm not saying that that's an excuse and that's okay for them to treat people poorly because of that. But I I just feel like I have a one-up over them just because I'm happy and, like, I'm confident in who I am. So, like, I'm not even worried about it, you know. But, Hmm you know, you just, you just, you grow up and you learn, you know, and that's just what it is. It's all about just trying to be better each and every day learning from your mistakes. Um, not taking people seriously, not taking yourself so seriously. We're talking sports. I'm not, you know, cutting somebody open on the operating table and this is a life or death situation. Like who cares? It's live TV. Mm -hmm. Things are going to go wrong. That's life. It's about how you pick yourself up, you're going to have bad shows. You're going to embarrass yourself. You're going to say the wrong name. You're going to mispronounce somebody's name. You're going to say the wrong team. You're going to give the wrong score. All that is going to happen. That is a guaranteed. And you just can't take it so seriously. You just got to laugh it off and move on and, you know, try to do better on the next go.
0: I love that mentality. I think I I kind of refrain from the mentality a little bit because I just feel like I, I do have, you know, I've been in positions of... Um, leadership where it's like people kind of like doubt that because I'm a woman or like they just don't want to respect and so like when I've talked to other people other women who have been in like at least sports it's always like well you can ne- you're always like towing the line of trying to figure out like how people are going to receive you um so it's good to hear that you've had a, up until this point like a pretty decent experience other than your co-workers but that you've always been inspired to do more and to be more in this industry because I think a lot of people do struggle with kind of like wanting to be in sports at least when I when I like first started getting introduced into sports it was like well no one's gonna take me seriously because I already don't know so I already go into the stereotype of like well she's a girl she doesn't know anything but I think it's like fun that there are people who have had like good experiences with it and even if it, they played sports or they didn't um at the end of the day they're still you know trying to figure it out and who cares like you Your said hard work you're is not gonna
1: yeah Your hard work is going to show like people are going to, everybody judges people first and foremost. We all do it. And if somebody says that they don't, they're lying. When you first see Mm -hmm. somebody and you look at them already in in some way, you're maybe not judging them, but you're coming up with your own kind of narrative in a way, right? Like in a way, it's not saying that you're going to hold them to that, but just Mm -hmm. when we, when we first meet somebody, right first impression, right? That's just, that's just life. And so for me, I just see it as, well, I'm going to work my ass off and I'm going to get where I need to be. And they're going to respect me because they're not going to have a choice because I'm going to do whatever I'm going to do and I'm going to probably do it better. And at least hopefully, like maybe they will. I don't know. But, you know, I'm going to and if I do, you know, if I don't, then I'm eventually going to get there because I'm going to keep my head down and keep going.
0: Well, to finish it off, um, where do you see yourself in the next five to 10 years? I know you work at CBS 13, but do you plan on moving on from here? Do you plan on singing California? What are your plans, um, you know, being in sports media?
1: You know, I have my plans. Um, I would love to know what God's plans are for me because um, that would really help me out with you know, how I should be praying about my future. But no, um, I don't know where I'm going to be. I, I would love to be obviously talking sports, whether it's on a show, um, whether it's sideline. All I know is like I don't want limit, to limit myself to just one thing, like I'm going to say, oh, I'm a sideline reporter, or oh, I'm a host, or, you know, this or that. Um, I just want to be talking sports, enjoying myself, being around good people, hopefully being in a healthy work environment, which for me is just huge. I, that's why I love it here so much at CBS 13, because the morale is just so high where I work and everybody's so great. Um, it's easy to go to work every day. And so I hope that for myself, but yeah, like I would say like long-term, like if I were to be like, this is exactly what I want, it would probably be like either like hosting ESPN or hosting my own show in LA. You know, I I want to be ultimately home with my family. You know, I have brothers with children and aunts and my grandpa's 89 in Orange County. Like I would love to be there with them, enjoying what I do for a living and being able to have a family next to them. I think that's the end goal. But at the end of the day, you know, I pray for my desires, but you know, whatever God's plan is for me will be. And I kind of just have accepted that, you know.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, hopefully yeah, our sports fans happy. that listen in will enjoy it just as much. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for
1: coming on, Sarah. And I just want to say congratulations to the women's US basketball team for um, their turnaround season. Hornets, Stingers Up, um, the girls have, have really <laughs> turned things around this season. I'm excited for them. So hopefully they do well in the tournament. and look forward to covering them.
0: I'm sure a sports beat writer will be ex- very excited to hear that shout out.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Thank you for listening, everyone. Tune in to the second part of this episode where I talk to business insider tech reporter, Kylie Robeson, and on her breakthrough in such a complex field.